Good morning, Kristen. Well, good morning, Vanessa. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm so Again. Excited. I know. Yes. Times. This is great. So welcome back to the podcast room. Thank you had an you. excellent podcast yesterday with Johnson Napoleon, and this Thank time we're going to focus a little bit more on you. Thank uh, you. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, this is my 74th trip to Haiti. Yeah, it's crazy yes. every time you say it. I know, yeah. it is It is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Um, I actually came here the first time in 1989 as a 16-year-old teenager on a church mission trip. Now, I know that there is a connotation <laughs> with church mission trips and many kids coming right. down to do things, but that was my initial introduction to Haiti. And um, the group that I went with um, was traveling through City Soleil, and um, a woman came up to me on the street, singled me out of this crowd of foreigners, and came up to me and threw into my uh, hands this kind of crumpled up towel, like a dirty towel, mm -hmm. and I looked up and she was gone. Whoa. And I looked down and I realized that this towel was moving. And I opened it up, and inside was this beautiful little Haitian girl, about a week oh old. Gosh. And I'm telling you, I can still tell you what she was wearing, how her hair was braided, and the look on her face when she saw me. It, wow. it was em, emblazed in my mind. And I started screaming, somebody help me, this lady just handed me her baby and ran away. And some of the Haitian leaders of the team ran after her, got her, brought her back, and I handed her this baby, and she said to me in Creole, I thought you could give my daughter a better life in America. Oh my gosh. And it was in that moment, right there in 1989, I went back to the guest house that night and I wrote in my journal, someday I am going to adopt a little Haitian girl and whatever I end up doing, I'm going to be doing something in Haiti worthwhile. Wow, that's amazing. It, that, that journal still lives in my bedside table wow. to remind me of that. Um, so my, my introduction to Haiti was odd and strange and in my face, yeah. but it was something I never forgot. So fast forward 10 years later, um, you know, I was falling in love with a guy in that nice. And, um, <laughs> I said, you should know I have a Haitian child that I don't have yet. <laughs> He's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you would expect that, but he actually, we had just met. He said, well, actually, and he opened up his little wallet pre cell phone pictures okay. <laughs> and he said well this is my family and this is my sister she's from Seoul Korea and I would love to do international adoption with whoever I marry so well, that's fate that's beautiful it is yeah. it, it is it was my daughter today who is not that baby okay because I was just about to ask that yes yeah. many people ask that <laughs> um that baby um I don't know whatever happened to that baby yeah. but my daughter her name is Taisha She's 16 years old. Wow. Um, she is. Uh, she just got her driver's license during the tech summit. I got all these texts flying. Oh my goodness! Um, so yeah. So <laughs> I have a Haitian daughter. Um, I also have a biological son who's 11. Okay. And we live on a 250-year-old farm, and we are a bicentennial farm family, which is strange in and of itself it's actually quite interesting in the, in the context of all this interesting stuff that yes, goes on in your yes, life yes yes so yeah so um so for 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 me haiti has always been something that i'm passionate about but my my work here in haiti has evolved over right. time okay um it started out the short-term mission trip like i'd seen modeled and um and it slowly changed into after the earthquake happened uh 
I was watching CNN in my home in Pennsylvania with my Haitian daughter and, and husband, and the newscaster said, Haiti has lost 28 of 32 universities. There's no higher education here. Right. And I looked at my husband and I said, I'm supposed to quit my job and start a student computer center in Haiti where kids can go to college online. So what was his reaction to that? You're going to sell your Audi if you do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was all he said. Um, but again, it was one of those aha moments, right. which I've only had five in uh-huh. my life. That was the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did. Literally, I sold my Audi. I sold a bu- I, I was a model, an international model. And I kind of figure that. Oh, well, thanks. Um, I had just done a modeling job where in, in Florence, Italy, where mm-hmm. I'd gotten over $20,000 in jewelry, fine jewelry. I sold all the jewelry, sold the car, and we started a nonprofit. And it was Haiti's first tuition-free online computer center where kids wow. could go to college online. And it was right after the earthquake that we actually opened. But I know that you actually do more than just that. Um, I remember yes. <laughs> we talked beforehand about you being um, doing business coaching and performance coaching. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that in addition to the work that you're doing um, in EdTech. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we actually grew the, the small computer center in Tomasin, then mm-hmm. to a larger computer center. And then finally, we moved um, into a merger with another nonprofit. Um, and it was around that time that I realized um, my real passion was job placement assistance because these young students, these, these young men and women, they're coming out with a, um, an online degree from a USA-based university um, called University of the People okay. out of Pasadena, California, and they could not find jobs. And I realized there's a huge soft skills piece missing down here. Mm -hmm. How to write a resume, how to write a cover letter, how to look someone in the eye of a different socioeconomic class than you, um, how to uh, exude confidence. And so I started building seminars and workshops related to soft skills. Mm -hmm. So um, started teaching that. And then I realized, well, this is great, but this is also not enough. Because if you don't know somebody who knows somebody, it's still hard to get a job here. So I started knocking on doors uh, on behalf of these students. I created a a catalog of students, if you will, and started knocking on Heineken and, you know, every big company here and saying, what are your employee needs? What do you need? Mm -hmm. And this might be an excellent graduate for you. Would you be willing to interview them? So we had a 90% employment rate. That's incredible. um, At the time when I decided to exit and try to do this more business coaching, um, which is what I do now. I went back to college. I went to Harvard for uh, leadership coaching strategies, got a certificate, and my... I'm a business entrepreneur as well in Pennsylvania, so Mm -hmm. I have three businesses, but my real passion is business development in Haiti. Because if we can train people, not only in tech, we've heard a lot this week Mm -hmm. about fancy technology, millions of dollars in tech, and it's all great. But if we're not empowering people who have a different mindset on, can I even get a job? Am I going to be able to, to make money? There's a missing piece of soft skills that must be addressed on a bigger level in this country. And that is what I want to do. And that's what I am doing. I work with 
companies, corporations. I work with Tima Shin and I sit with Tima Shin and I say, you're selling carrots, you're selling carrots, you're selling carrots, and you're all in a row. Right. How about you sell watermelon and you sell sabalka? Right. Now things are more diversified. So it, it, it's, it's got to it's gotta hit every socioeconomic class. Right. This concept of customer service communication Ooh, that's a big one <laughs> how do you how do you deal with an employee right. or an employer when you, there's a, a major legitimate problem all of these things are things that i do business seminars and one-on-one coaching with ceos um uh, middle management whatever a company needs that is related to that piece right I want to be involved in that for that on behalf of that company. And that's what I do as a business coach. But now let me ask you. So when you're looking at these soft skills and you're trying to address things like customer service mm. and communication and even looking people in the eye, things that culturally we're taught how to behave a certain way, right? We're actually taught that it's disrespectful to look somebody directly in the eye, right? Um, that you look down when an adult's talking to you, things like that. How do you break those barriers? How do you break that cultural? I mean, I'm sure it takes a lot of cultural competence, obviously, but how are you actually able to effectuate that change in a person? I, I originally thought the methodology would be something that is tech-based, but I am convinced that in person, teaching of those skills works better. Mm. Um, So for example, I go to Haiti for each of my seminars. I don't do virtual seminars currently because I found it to be more effective for them to to have the experience. Um, I have a background in theater, Mm. so I often will utilize um, my theater background and say, okay, we're gonna play a game now. This is going to be a make-believe interview or you're sitting in a restaurant and you see someone you know you know he owns a business but don't know how to approach him and we we play it out um the second thing i do is i do a lot of shadowing as well so um for example um and this is just a, a a a snapshot if you will um i had taken two um graduates with uh degrees from the states shadowing me uh, on a business um, rendezvous okay. in a nice restaurant in Pichonville. And as an American, as an Italian-American, I'm not even of Haitian descent, although m- many people do think I'm Syrian <laughs> here. Um, but I walked in. I'm ready to do my, my, my rendezvous right. with this businesswoman. And I have these two very tall, confident, dark-skinned Haitian men in suits. They have degrees. They probably have a higher IQ than I do. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting down at this table waiting on this lady. And the one guy is breaking into a cold sweat. And he's shaking. And I looked at him. I said, are are you okay? He said, Madam Kristen, I do not belong in here. And it was a great teaching moment to say, you do belong here. You belong. You are an educated confident Haitian black man own it Mm -hmm. he removed himself from that restaurant he literally had to go to the restroom get his act together and come back by the time the businesswoman had come in you could see there had been a shift in his mentality and he he just had a presence about it he asked questions I always encourage them ask questions don't just sit there looking down talk to talk this is a this is a human being in front of you that can potentially help you find a job Mm -hmm. and it was just a great snapshot of what can be done if we take the time to really listen 
to what the needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in, in this tech sem- summit, everyone, there's a lot of elevator speeches. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I customize. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not cookie cutter here because what uh, one company needs in Pichonville is different than what a nonprofit organization needs in Titayan. Right. That's incredible. So, um, after these 74 trips, right, mm. have you taken your daughter back to Haiti? Oh, yes, many times, many times. Um, just in January, I bought a, a group of business professionals. We had a business development team come in and uh, look at some different companies and help them. And she came along as an intern. We called her <laughs> the intern. And um, Paid or unpaid? Unpaid. <laughs> <laughs> Please, definitely unpaid. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Haiti has in store for her and what she will have in store for Haiti in the future, because um, she she is very much Haitian, yeah, Haitian American, but very Haitian, and she gets this importance of um, how do we help create self sustainable initiatives. Yes. Um, I, I, I go to speak at events and I am very against the giveaway mentality. Mm-hmm. These nonprofits taking rice and throwing them out windows of, of, of trucks to houses, I find that appalling. Mm-hmm. Why can't we utilize the resources to train people so that they can buy their own rice and right. send their own kids to yeah. school? Maybe even grow their own crops. Grow their own crops, start their own businesses, yeah. begin an entrepreneurial thing. Um, I would love for your listeners to hear that message Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of good that can be done here, but it has to be strategic. It has to be customized based upon the needs and listen to what the people are saying. What the blah thinks that the Haitian needs may not even be what they want. They may say yes because they want that assistance and they'll take that assistance if they can. But that's not always the best use of our resources and our time. And um, in 74 trips, I've seen it done really well, and I've seen it done really bad. And um, my heart, my passion is to see this country flourish and to become economically sound and empowered. Most importantly, changing the, the, uh, you know, the the Bible says renewing your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that idea of taking, we all have head trash. It doesn't matter where we grew up, what our socioeconomic standpoint is, we all have head trash. How can we help change the head trash right. here in Haiti in a way that's going to change generations from now? Right, right. Um, earlier, the U.S. ambassador to Haiti, uh, Michelle Sison, said something that was really important. Um, she said that she had come to Haiti young on her first mm. visit, uh, well, as a foreign service officer for work. Um, and then she just kept coming back. Mm. And I think that's something that resonates mm-hmm. with you because you came at 16 <laughs> um, and you were doing uh, missionary work, but then you just kept coming back. When you bring teams, uh, business development teams, what is your message to them in terms of Haiti, right? Mm. What, do you encourage them to keep coming back? Do you encourage them to invest? Have they invested in any, any kind of mm-hmm. way? Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. The first thing I do before I bring any team, and I, I bring teams of great variety mm-hmm. here. I have brought down tech teams, uh, college social work teams, Amish teams, 
Are you familiar with Amish people? I live I, in yeah. Pennsylvania. So, I have yeah, that, I mean, we don't have Amish that in Miami, teams. but I, I've, <laughs> I watch documentaries. <laughs> Amish, Amish teams. Well, it's a, there is a type of Amish people who are allowed to fly in airplanes okay. and types that can't. Oh. I take the kinds that can because they are really, really good in the trades. Right. And so they partner with Haitian plumbers, Haitian electricians, mm. and partner together in order to do the work. Before I take anybody down, we, we sit down and we have a conversation about respect and we have a conversation about the white god mentality that is sometimes the same prevalent mentality. yes that's maybe a more pc way of saying it. <laughs> excuse me yes but but there, there is something that i think as human beings we all find gratification in helping others yes. and feeling good certainly, about me certainly ah i've done something right. but I see something that happens with the short-term mission trip. It starts out where people come down with a fire under their pants and they're, they think they're gonna change Haiti in a week, right? Right. And then day three, there's absolute desperation that sets in. Like, dear God, this place needs more help than what I can right. ha help with. And then there's, there's this shift of maybe I'm here for myself. Mm -hmm not necessarily just to give and it's yeah. it's interesting to kind of watch that shift regardless of who comes down on my teams mm -hmm. um you know harvard educated people to amish people there, there's there's that shift and so for me it's about educating people before you come know this country a little bit get on google right. figure figure out why you're really coming here right. and then partner don't come down here and think you're going to fix stuff because you know more. It's about partnering and collaborating with people on the ground who do know more than you do. Right. And who, if partnership can happen and trust can be established, I think we can do far more here. And so that's something that I, 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 is incorporated in every workshop, every seminar I do. Well, that was incredible, and I think that we, I mean, <laughs> well, you. you just, you really, um, really articulated that well, um, the importance of actually doing your research, partnering, um, and, and making sure you're coming for the right reason. So thank you so much Thanks, for coming Vanessa. by the I'm podcast so glad. room. I'm so glad. Thank you for the time. And, and I mean, I hope to see you again when you come back to Haiti if, if I'm will. here at the same time. I hope so, too. Thank you All so right, much. Thank you so much. Thank Great. you. Please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.